glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through light and rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. Did you look at that one podcast? It's out snowing and butt cold. The next time you look, it's almost 60 degrees and sunny in the DMV. Welcome into the Put Me In Coach podcast, everybody. Bobby Blanco, Tom Mattali, Ian Foster. That is your threesome right now, soon to be a foursome later on in the show uh, when Gregory Porter joins us. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully you are subscribed to the Put Me In Coach podcast. How's everybody doing? Good to see your faces. It's been a while. Two weeks, I think. Yes. Maybe more. Um, yeah. Tom, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Ian, Ian's got new AirPods in. Have you oh, always yeah, had? I'm a Walgreens. Have you always had AirPods? I did, but I lost them. And then, uh, you know, because there's a whole cordless thing. So I don't know where the fuck those are. Those are. Mm-hmm. And then I was at Walgreens and they were just sitting right there. You found those? No, I bought them. Oh, they were just right next to the register. I was like, eh, why not? Gotcha, 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 gotcha. And, and they were mislabeled, so I got them for like half off. Hey, winning off the field. There you go. Hey. Winning off the field. Got to make sure that it was plugged in. Uh, all right, some stuff to get to. I think I said, yeah. uh, uh, it's been what two weeks? We talked after the two rule, right? It's been three weeks, I believe. Fuck me. Um, yeah, I feel like. There's been like a lot of little stuff happening, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing earth shattering, nothing that we were like, oh my God, we need a podcast right now to talk about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Guinea Cello was 20 days ago today. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would have to say emergency podcast is going to be when once we figure out who the quarterback is for Washington this fall. But Or if the Wizards trade Bradley Beal. Oh God, please don't do that. Please um, don't. So, yeah, so a handful of things to get to. We'll talk about the Wiz a little bit later. We'll start with the Washington football team. We'll even touch a little baseball. That's why I invent, invented. I invited Nicholas Umasello uh, to, uh, to join, and I doubt he's going to join, but, you know, as our resident Baltimore. Uh, he's he's going to break down that Orioles farm system <laughs> yeah. for us in extensive detail baseball lover I, I extended him the invite he i don't think he's accepting it but we will talk a little bit of baseball spring training is a week old now maybe get into some ryan gregory's too if, if porter decides to grace us with his presence but first and foremost the washington football team we want to talk alex smith comments or yeah. is it we want to start that with start with that first i guess there's nothing really else or we want to talk about all the trade rumblings happening around Weirdly enough, yeah, today it's kind of like a hodgepodge of it all, and, and it's all connected because we're talking about the quarterback position, a position that has eluded this franchise for what three decades now. Uh, and, yes, you know it, it was it was apparent to all of us, I think, to anyone that like, you know, we we have to go into next season with someone else other than Alex Smith. Um, it was a tremendous story, a comeback player of the year, like, you know, write the Hollywood script right away. And it's going to, um, you know, be be amazing. So and, you know, Alex Smith is revered um, amongst 
the NFL circles. And I mean, we thought like, you know, I hope he retires and let's hire him as a coach or in the front office or something. Like he is a guy that you want in the building. Um, then there was an article from GQ that was posted this week um, that paints a different picture as, as to what we thought we were seeing. Um, and, and so I actually just highlighted a little bit um, and he, he paints a, a very dark picture of his relationship with um, Washington, their coaching staff and the organization. And he sounds a bit pissed off, which um, almost seems out of character of him. But um, were you guys able to read it or, or at least kind of get the, the cliff notes? Definitely got the cliff notes. I was listening to the radio when it was all kind mm-hmm. of breaking. So I heard Grant and Danny talk about it yesterday, two days ago in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I caught the end of, I think JP and B Mitch talked about it a little bit. So cliff notes didn't read the whole comments, but I did see that his agent, I guess today released a statement saying kind of retracting and, or saying it was mm-hmm. misconstrued. We can get to that in a bit, but I mean, I was all very like, I mean, it was the first, like it was like a couple of waves. First was a general shock of being like, Oh my God, he's shitting on the team publicly. Mm-hmm. And why GQ of all places, you know? I think someone brought up a good point. Like he just did a 60 minutes interview. He's been interviewed all season long by these outlets and personal one-on-ones, ESPN, yada, yada, yada. And he never once mentioned this. Why in GQ did he decide to talk about this? Um, GQ does that every once in a while though. Like don't break random stories like this. Yeah. I mean, just push the right buttons. Uh, And then I read into the quotes and then I think the one thing that was surprising for the most surprising for me and kind of made me really question and double down what's happening here is the quote that was reportedly set Alex Smith off from Ron Rivera near the mm-hmm. end of the regular season. And it was, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically Ron just saying he was asked if could the Washington football team have made a playoff push without Alex Smith. And he, he basically he gave a vote of confidence to Kyle Allen. Yeah, he said yes. I think if we had a healthy Kyle Allen, the whole week we would be here. But he also, in the same quote, says Kyle Allen is very much like Alex Smith in his footwork and his decision making and his uh, reading of the defenses. So in a way, it was kind of an offhand. It was not offhand. It was a com- a com- compliment, you know, complimentary of Alex Smith. So mm-hmm. that was the weird part. And I was like, and if this is the quote that's supposed to had set him off, like th- this is. A compliment almost. What's what's so bad about this? How does this paint the team and Ron Rivera in a bad light? That's what really got kind of confused me throughout this whole thing. Yeah, me, me too. And so a little bit more like he, he goes, I'm reading. So there's a very small group of people that actually thought I could do this. I think the rest of the world either doubted me or they patronized me. Yeah, that's really nice that you're trying. When I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plan. Um, they didn't see it, didn't want me there either didn't want me to be a part of it, didn't want me to be on the team, the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in. I'm like the leftovers, and I'm hurt, and I'm this liability. Um, he goes, heck no, they didn't want me there. And at that point, as you can imagine, everyone thought I'd been through. Um, I couldn't have cared less about all of that. Um, it, it's very un-Alex Smith-like. And, you know, when it – I'll be the first to say I am uh, – I would consider myself a first ballot hall of famer when it comes to shitting on the Washington football team's organization and <laughs> Ian and Bobby have are easily 
<laughs> calmly nodding their heads and um, ordering your plaque right now. Yes. Thank you. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to see it from Alex's perspective. Like buddy, we, you've been paid a lot of money by us a lot. Like you have been in the warm, friendly confines of the owner's suite and uh, you were given an opportunity to start where we're probably the only team in the entire league that would have given you an opportunity to start, even with all the amount of injuries that occurred. Um, and not to mention like, you know, your play spoke for itself. There was sadly, he, you know, wasn't the same Alex Smith that, that we saw years ago and you know, understandably. So with given his injury and his age, um, it just seems a bit, I don't know, seems scorned. Yeah. And I, and just hearing you read back those quotes just now, like, like I threw a wrench in their plans. They didn't expect me. I mean, I don't think anyone expected you to be there. I mean, you didn't even expect yourself to be there from what I can tell from that 60 minutes interview and other quotes and stuff like, you know, you weren't even sure if you could ever walk again. And then you passed that and, you know, you set your mind to playing football again, which is great. That's And, and you did it, which is even more amazing. But, I mean, I, I don't think you can fault the team for putting in place contingency plans, assuming or going on the assumption that you weren't going to be able to play again or be back. Yeah. Um, you know, bring in Kyle Allen. Um, you know, obviously they already had Dwayne. Um, and th- there were guys that, you know, yeah, he obviously didn't play all of last year too. So I, I just think, you know, he – He's paying the team in a bad light for, I don't know, maybe he was actually misconstrued or anything, but I just don't see like I any other team. It's not like, and I think also because this is the Washington football team, it's obvious, and the quarterback, it's going to be taking, you know, very seriously yeah. and, and overblown almost, but any team would have done what the Washington football team did. In this instance. Yeah, and actually um friend of the program, uh, Ray, texted Ian and I, he's like, like, you know, this team doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt ever, but like, ever. like, bro, we paid you 80 million plus. Like, what do you, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And what are you, what are you thinking? It's like, I mean, it's a new regime too. Like whether you're injured or not, you might just not be his guy. Like it is what it is. Plus you almost died. So yeah, I don't blame, I don't blame them for not planning to have him as like the starting quarterback. Yeah. Did anybody? Nobody would have thought that. No. Of the three of us thought he was going to retire. Should have retired. So, I mean, more power to him. Like, credit to him for actually coming back. But I think they should name the the award after Alex Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But this this was so backwards. So Mm -hmm. out of context. Out of character for Alex Smith of all people. Yeah, yeah. We always thought he was like Dan's little butt buddy too, and mm-hmm. now he's just coming out <laughs> raking us over the coals. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what's that's even more frustrating because again, as I just said, like Ray Ray commented, like, hey, Washington does not get the benefit of the doubt, and even if like we we actually sound like we're on the defensive towards the organization. And, but it's just frustrating. It was like, can this happen at any other team? Like, why does this always happen with us? Like, no matter who comes here, they leave in worse shape. Like, it's just, God damn it, not again. 
I, I think that's the big thing too. And that's kind of what I was getting to. It's like, of course it's us. Like it yeah. couldn't have happened to you know, like Jacksonville or, or Seattle or, you know, a yeah. team where it's just not that much attention. There's not that much of a history of just being God awful and handling everything in the worst mm-hmm. possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would defend the team and, you know, I, again, I didn't dive too deep into what Alex's agent said in terms of, how his comments were misconstrued. He didn't mean that way. And I hope that's, it all can all just be bygones, but as we've lost Ian, um, the Capitals did beat the Penguins. Don't forget. So yes, um, we're not going to be fucking sunk this year. Um, but yeah, so I think Alex, I mean, the other, the other thing too, you said he was, it was out of character for him. And that was something that I heard Pete Haley, friend of Ian Foster, um, say on the radio, I think he was on the blitz the, on the, on the other day. And, and Pete said, uh, like this is Alex Smith is not the guy to, he like he used fuck. He used the F word in the quotes. And I don't think I I've ever heard Alex cussing the entire time he's been in DC. And so it was like, this is very out of character for him. Like he has never cussed. I don't and even like just walking around the locker room. Like, I've never heard him like use that language at all. So Pete was very shocked and and kind of fl- he said floored by those comments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was very out of character for him. And maybe and that's what kind of makes me think that like it was just you know maybe he wasn't trying to shit on the team. He was more so putting an emphasis of how much he had to overcome to to get to where he got and, and to get sure. back and being like hey like you know like I wasn't necessarily Plan A for this team, but I worked my way back and became Plan A because Ron eventually started me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean he had to due to injury, but you know. So maybe that's what he more so meant. It was more so like I, you know, they didn't want me there. They didn't expect me to be there, but I still worked my butt off and got back to that point where they had to play me. And it's weird in, in our ongoing conversation with Ray. Like it's one of those things. Cause like one of the, I remember that the never Kirkers said, well, um, you know, look at our record with Kirk playing. Like, does he win the game though? Mm-hmm. Alex Smith has a 12 and four record as a starter as with with Washington it's really hard not to say Redskins um and he's 12 and 4 but it's one of those things where the the win-loss record doesn't correlate to the play on the field and you know for the most part he was just you know he was like Alex Smith before Andy Reid and he was just strictly the game manager and Mm. not that there's anything wrong with that but we were paying him upper echelon money to you know, kind of recreate what he was doing in Kansas city. And, um, you know, he, and especially this, this past season, that last month of the season, we're all like, I know we were just watching it. Like it it was like watching a train wreck. It was really difficult to like, every time he got sacked, I mean, he had no mobility, couldn't like um, lacked any kind of improvisation that, you know, made him what he, what he was beforehand. The other thing to mention too, is uh, someone brought up, um, is like, of course, Washington, and this kind of goes in the conversation that like every team would have done this, but of course, Washington was very safe and cautious with him. Like, like, like could you imagine the look that they would have had to gone through if like the example, the obvious example is Aaron Donald jumping on his back in that game. He was like, could you imagine if he broke his leg again or something happened? Not only the, the bad publicity, but like the possible lawsuits they could have faced had he got injured again by playing him. So, you know, it's like, of course they were protecting themselves and 
not only on the field in terms of getting a backup and and putting quarterbacks in position to play, but also like in, from a PR and legal standpoint of like protecting him and, and you know kind of I don't know if he goes on to say that they were like urging him not to play, but you know in in that instant in that sense of like trying to protect themselves and him maybe even protect himself from him, him from himself was mm-hmm. was an interesting part too is that you know it could have been a lot worse you know it's it's all great to you know talk about it now and praise him and how much he came back but it, that could have ended badly like had he gotten hurt again do you think um i think now we can easily conclude there is no no way he is back in uniform with us this fall right I yeah i think that yeah. pretty much cemented it yeah yeah. I would have what to imagine. The Wizards game on right now, Tom? What's that? What channel is the Wizards game on? Yeah, wow. uh, eight, it's on 856. I think that's their... Plus? Yeah. NBC uh, Sports Washington Plus? I'm watching it right now. Same as these. We're up seven. Okay. Should have taken them plus eight. Um, so, and then kind of tr- how this trickle, how this all trickles down, Bobby, because yes, I think all th- the three of us all agree that there's absolutely no shot. Alex Smith comes back next year. And, and I thought that even before this article was published and now it's, you know, all but definitive. Um, but there was a, a, a major trade. I think it occurred last week um, when Bobby's boy, Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagles. He's traded to uh, his former offensive coordinator, Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts. Um, it was for a second round pick, I believe, and then a conditional pick next year that is right now a second, but it can turn into a first, I believe. I think, it's, starts. I think it's a third round this year. Next year is a conditional second that can turn into a first. Yes, correct. So um, he gets a new... Uh, you know, it's a clean slate in Indianapolis and, you know, it's going to a playoff caliber team and with an offensive coordinator where he was playing at an MVP level, um, you know, it, it's, and so oh, we had the Carson, Carson Wentz trade. Um, you know, we already know Deshaun Watson has requested a trade and now even Russell Wilson appears to be unhappy where he said he hasn't requested a trade, but if I were here are the 14, <laughs> yeah, here's a list, yeah. which is weird. Um, and you know, then you saw that like Miami's interested in a quarterback, but they just drafted Tua last season. Like, I really feel like, generally speaking, we are seeing a shift in how you know the NFL operates and how quarterbacks operate, where it's almost kind of piggybacking on what the NBA does, where if you have a superstar who's unhappy, well, trade me. Um, and you really don't see that in the NFL, in particular with quarterbacks. And, um, you know, are, do you think we're kind of seeing the changing of the guard in that, in that aspect? Yeah, I, I, it does seem like it. And I, I, like, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about basketball players and all shapes and sizes and talents and different positions they play kind of treating their league like this. The more I think about it is like, why haven't, I mean, it's a different league and different structure, but why haven't quarterbacks always done this? Like, they're the most important mm-hmm. position in all of sports. They have all the leverage. They have all the leverage. You know, they're – so, like, it's it's kind of weird that it took so long for this kind of happen. But we also said at the beginning of this offseason, this is probably going to be the craziest 
offseason we've ever seen in terms of the quarterback position because of Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. Now, we obviously didn't foresee this Russell Wilson, uh, not no. bomb, not bombshell, but I guess kind of tidbit coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it was already going to be a crazy offseason in terms of quarterback, and now add that to it. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, I here's the thing: it's going to make the NFL even more interesting. Like you know, NFL already dominates this country, and with an offseason mm-hmm. like this, that's like kind of like maybe the one thing because they're. They, they, quarterbacks don't do this, right? There, there aren't no. free agency isn't like in the NBA. No, I mean it. it it's exciting. A couple big signings happen, but like nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you see the NBA happen. If the NFL becomes like the NBA in that sense, game over. I mean, it's just like and, what what league could compete with that? And, and but that's what the NFL wants. I know that's oh, what yeah. the players want. And why wouldn't you want it? Yeah, I get it. Like baseball players and NBA players both make more money than, than you, but you have the, you're playing the most popular sport in the country and are sacrificing your future to, you know, capitalize on this. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a really weird dynamic that we're about to see. And it just kind of shows you how impatient the NFL is, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in baseball or basketball, like, you know, if you draft a rookie, give him a few years, see if he figures out, you know, in baseball, then go down the minors. I mean, you don't see rookies for, you know, three to four years from when they're drafted typically. I mean, there's such a, a process to even get there where unless you're the NFL, like, what's that? Unless you're Adley, right, Ian? God damn right. <laughs> and um, so like now, do you think we're going to see a shift in which, you know, the players like, Hey, i I went out and, um, you know, now you're going to have to give up a King's ransom to, to acquire these stars like Russell Wilson. I mean, I, from what JP and B Mitch were talking about on there today, like, you know, the, this, the starting points, three first round picks, Jesus, and you know, first round picks are worth its weight in gold. And, you know, but at the same time, there's only 32 of these, this position, 32 that play this. And you're lucky if half are good. Yeah. Like in Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Like in you know, it, it's it's odd and, and I really don't know what what's to come of it because we've never seen, you know, flat out superstars, quarterbacks, you know, really get traded. And you know, and in particular in Philly, I mean the Eagles and their fan base are one of the most championship starved franchises ever. They finally win, what, three years ago, and their head coach and their started – well, their quarterback was hurt. But, I mean, they've completely clean slate already. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, the, the Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen. He looked terrible. They traded – they um, drafted someone else, and now, like, the Dolphins are interested in the quarterback market. Teddy Bridgewater was signed a $60 million contract, and he's already on the outs of Carolina. Like, it just seems like it's volatile. It, it – it's really weird to see. In, in terms of Carson, is it weird that I want him to do really well in Indy? And no. I can double down. I'm going for him, though. Uh, yeah. I can double down on Bobby being correct that it was all Frank Reich and Doug Peterson is a shitty head coach. Not shitty, but not a, a great head coach. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz no, is just, me. eh. But, but then you're also going to have to admit that he's elite. Uh no, I don't have to. He can do he can do really well and still not be elite. If he wins MVP, all right. If Carson wins an MVP, he'll be elite. But anything short of that, he's 
middle of the pack. Well, the, the thing is, in every other sport, slumps exist. Yeah. But there's only 16 game, regular season games. Like, if you're getting the slump, if you get the season-long slump, you're out of a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we like, literally just saw it with Carson and Doug Peterson. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I mean, they were in the playoffs uh, last year. Yeah, I know. They went three years in a row. Like <laughs> They missed one, and then everybody's out. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Right? That's Philly, though. It's also... What's their GM? Howie something? Roseman? Roseman? Yeah. Is he- I mean, it's also him. He's he's their Bruce Allen. Mm-hmm. And, and so then, you know, Derek Carr has also been in the trade market. Um, you know, what does this mean for Russell Wilson? I mean, I don't think he's going to – if he is in fact traded, it's not going to be as much as Sean Watson because, you know, Watson's, what, 20 – he's still in the prime of his career and, you know, Russ has been in the league for a decade now. Yeah. Russ is probably 31. It's also 39 million against the cap, I think, if, if they trade him. So it's like, I, I, I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Then again, he did. He mentioned New Orleans as a desired location, and him and Sean Payton's offense would be ridiculous. He also named Chicago for whatever reason. Yeah, that was weird. Just not the Cowboys. Please, God. Good God, not oh, the no. Cowboys. I would cry. But if, like, if he goes to the Cowboys... I would have to Russell Wilson. You know, and I guess as Washington fans, this this whole, like, I just feel like every single quarterback, oh, we're, we are the, the birds from Finding Nemo. Mine. Mine? Mine. Mine. Like, isn't it just exhausting? Like, don't you just want to know who our quarterback is? It's, it's a great point. Yeah, because... Like, I don't have the slightest clue. I really don't. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody it, does. It could be a rookie. It, it could be a, a guy that needs a second chance and like Marcus Mariota, or we could sign Dak Prescott to the largest contract in NFL history. Like, I, I honestly have no idea what we'll it is. What we, I'm like, I have, I have zero clue. All right, like run it back. We run it back with Heine. Like, I kind of keep. Yeah, and I, I really don't know what the answer is or like what should we do. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's like there's so many variables there are are, but it's also like in a weird way I might be grasping here but in a weird way it's like a a kind of a good thing that we have so many options Mm because like there have been years in the past where we're going into the season we're like who the fuck's gonna be our quarterback like we have no one to turn to there's no options for us like it's gonna have we're gonna have to run out you know fucking John Beck or something Uh, Mm -hmm. And at least this, you know, I mean, yes, it's a lot and it's confusing and we have no clue, but at least there are, I think, good options on the table. You can mm-hmm. run it back with Heineke and Kyle Allen again. You could go, if you wanted to, go acquire one of these elite quarterbacks that are going to be on the market. Maybe sign a free agent to take, you know, the Alex Smith place if he's on the way out. You could draft one. There's a handful of quarterbacks in this draft. So, you know, there's... I think you'll be hard. Pre- I mean, you can nitpick every single decision, but you might be hard pressed to find the wrong answer to this, right? To the solution, maybe the wrong answer or the worst thing would be to do completely, absolute nothing or not even try. But like, if they decided, hey, we're gonna try for Deshaun Watson, we're gonna try for Russell Wilson, or we're you know we might look at a quarterback at nineteen. That's yeah. great. But if they don't do that, and they're just like, nope, we're running it back with um, a rehabbing Kyle Allen and. Uh, a quarterback that's played a total of five quarters, five quarters of professional football, 
then that might be the wrong answer, but I could still get behind it in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and Bobby, I thought your idea was, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's don't just draft a guy or don't just sign a guy just because you have to. Right. Like you want to make sure he is in fact a part of your team's plan, whether it's in the short term or long term, I guess that all dependent is dependent on who it is, but don't do something just to do it just right. to like, say like, you know, we, we checked off that box. So we, you know, we're good to go. Yeah. Like, because that's where you, you know, you draft the Dwayne Haskins of the world and, and, exactly. and sign Rex Grossman and, and <laughs> shit like that. Like that's-, that's where you are just setting yourself up for another year of disappointment. And like, I know there are certain, there are of course anomalies and, you know, the run that Nick Foles had in Philly or what Joe Flacco did in, in Baltimore and, and, you know, th- quarterbacks such as that but really when it comes down to is elite quarterback play is really what's going to separate you um time and time again in this league it's it's obvious to me yeah and that's the uh, it's it's obvious to everybody like you gotta you gotta have a guy and but again like you said i guess you said that i said but like don't do it just to do it and Mm -hmm. you know i don't think there's I think drafting is drafting is the only avenue that could fall under that category. It's like don't draft, especially at nineteen. Like we always talk about, draft. You should draft a quarterback every draft, but that doesn't mean you have to be your first round pick every single time. Of course, yeah. Don't draft you, the Alabama guy just for the sake of drafting him. If there's someone yeah. better on that board at that time, which we can talk maybe about some mock drafts I've seen in a little bit, but yeah. go him because you have. It's not like you're completely barren at the quarterback position you have two guys in-house there are guys on the market out there you guys are tradable for mm-hmm. so it's not like you know the end all if you have to draft a quarterback so i think that's important yeah. to keep in mind and i would trust ron to know that and, 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 and execute you know that. i like the theory of drafting a quarterback well i mean if you don't hit on your first round pick that, that's what get gm that's what gets gms fired like mm-hmm. you absolutely unequivocally have to hit on your first round pick every single one of them. Um, and, you know, that's a guy that is supposed to start essentially from day one and for the duration of his contract. And then another one on top of that, like, you know, that's a guy that's, it's a part of your long-term long-term teams plan. But, you know, when, especially if you have a rebuilding franchise and you, you are such devoid of, of quarterback talent, like, you know, if, if a guy falls in the fifth, sixth round, I mean, the best quarterback we've drafted was because Kirk cousins fell to our laps in the fourth round. Yeah, he should not have been drafted in the fourth round, and he was—he's been the—and it was because of that principle. Like, just you never know what you can get, and yeah. then if you have a good quarterback, you have an asset, even if he's a backup. Yeah, and you're paying him fourth round money through the first yeah. four years. He's on a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's like you said. You, you know, you you hit that jackpot maybe once every ten years or so, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, I've seen a couple of. I don't like mock drafts that I'm seeing. So I know where what it's almost the end of February. So we're still about a month and a half, yeah. two months maybe to the day from the NFL draft. I don't like mm-hmm. the mock drafts I'm seeing, Tom. They're worrying me. A, lo- I, a lot of good players going to our rivals in the NFC East and the net and oh the Nets and I, the Washington Bobby, football team if, taking a tackle or something. If Jamar Chase or Devonte Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner or that wide receiver from LSU that was better than Justin Jefferson while he was, while they were playing together. 
them, one of them on the Eagles, just I, I, I that I can't do. That's going to be, that's going to be a hard, hard no for me. Or the Cowboys. Oh God, please. No, but they're not going to, um, they're not going to have all that. Well, I saw shit. Was it, uh, it was either Charlie Casserly or it was Mel Kuyper Jr.'s second mock draft. But it was like, it was either Jamar Chase. It was crazy, Tom. I, I like, yeah, I so, like panicked. Um, <laughs> Ta- uh, Mel has Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins and he has Jamar Chase going to the Eagles, which I, I again, I, I can't do it. Please no. I think I saw, I think, then I was, I think it was, that was Mel, you said? Yeah. I think I saw Charlie Casterly's on NFL.com had um, Devontae Smith falling to the Eagles and Jamar Chase falling to the, the Cowboys. And then the Giants taking oh, Jalen Whittle from the from Alabama. <laughs> you should see all three you should see the three of our faces. We're all just we see the fear. And I just like <laughs> I hit exit. I was like, nope, no thank you. Charlie, don't do that to us. I didn't do it. Yeah, it was Charlie it's... here it is, Charlie Casually. I said Charlie, don't do it. Oh, Charlie. Oh, maybe. All right. So it was Devontae Smith to the Eagles. Uh, Patrick Certain. Never mind. All right. So it was a cornerback from Alabama. But anyway, it was three guys from the SC, three guys from Alabama going to our opponents. Yeah. And Jalen well, Waddle going to the Giants. And then I, the, I think regarding the draft, Washington's in really good shape because either um, someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones falls to 19. And we have an opportunity to potentially draft a quarterback. I don't like Mac Jones in this offense. I think he's too, again, I, I, it can't be more obvious. We need a mobile quarterback in this offense. I mean, the difference is night and day. Ian's shaking his head. Yes. Um, but so I guess the question for you guys, I mean, if there's a scenario of Justin Fields or that guy from North Dakota state falls to 19, are you taking him? I don't know if he's gonna to fall to us. I doubt it. No. Then again, like, Trey, Trey Lance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, I think if he falls to 19, I think I would. I would take Fields if he falls to 19 because he's he's the one oh, that's yeah. his stock is dropping. But yeah. everyone mentioned the game against Northwestern, but watch what he did against Clemson. He torched them. Correct. So everybody's allowed one bad game or a couple bad games. Charlie Casually yeah. has Fields falling to twenty four to the Steelers. Wow, that's I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so, think, he, I don't think he falls past us. You know, they they said like the biggest complaint about Fields right now is that he doesn't throw with anticipation. Um, you know who they said that about last year? The biggest concern of Justin Herbert was he doesn't throw with anticipation. And, <laughs> Like I was listening to Kuiper's podcast, and he goes, "There's not an exact science. Like you, know, you just don't know. Yeah, like you, you can you can critique in every way, shape, or form, but it just it it's a freaking crapshoot. You really just, I mean, Deshaun Watson fell to number twelve. Lamar Jackson was picked at thirty-two. Like Dak Prescott was picked in the fourth round. He's about to be the highest paid quarterback in, in the league. Like there's there's not an exact system, and I, I think just. There's a little bit of luck in you know going to the right organization, having talent around you, but um, you know we, I mean, we drafted the most productive quarterback in single season record at Ohio State in Haskins, and he couldn't throw shit. So I'm like internally panicking about 
the NFC East teams and what who they're yeah. gonna, who they're going to draft. Well, I, I would the say Eagles at a, was it six seven terrify me. <laughs> well, there's also a benefit to that where like because every year with the draft you see quarterback you see teams get overzealous and they trade up and all these quarterbacks just go fall in a row. And if that happens, then that's going to give us the best opportunity to draft, you know, the best linebacker available or the best you know, receiver available. Like if mm-hmm. I think if Jalen Waddle falls to 19, Bobby is sprinting up to the podium. Oh yeah. A receiver from Alabama. I don't care who, <laughs> I don't care what his name is. <laughs> you went to Bama. Yeah, you're you're a you're a you're a football team. You're a footballer. Oh man, yeah. I don't want to get stressed about that. I'm already stressed about the draft. <laughs> I'm like sweating. I mean, just just have faith that the Eagles will fuck it up. They passed on Justin Jefferson. That's true. Yeah, that's right. You know, so I guess you know. I mean, that gives us the best linebacker available, or something like that. Like either way, I think we're in position and. You know, if one of those quarterbacks fall, then you either take them or someone's going to want them and trade up to get them. So either way, you you are in a good position in that regard. Um, you know, and I guess really the, the last Washington-related topic I wanted to bring up, and this was, you know, this is something we've joked about in the past with uh, Jeff Bezos moving to Washington, D.C., purchasing the Washington Post, creating a – uh, East Coast headquarters for Amazon, which will be in Northern Virginia, thank God. Um, and it's long been rumored that he wants to be one of the 31 owners in the NFL. And uh, there was a po- there was an article that was published by um, Front Office Sports, who I've never heard of before, but I mean, it was picked up by a, a lot of outlets, Bob. You would know better than I. But... Um, there, there seems to be some dots connecting between the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, and owning the Washington football team. In fact, um, Bezos' attorney has been speaking with a Baltimore-based sports investment banking firm, um, which is directly involved in the um, this court battle with Snyder and the three minority um, shareholders. Bobby's owning. Sorry, yeah. Uh, you know how you have like, uh, it makes me sound so, like, like a little bitch, but you have like a beer. Yeah, now you're yawning too. Uh, you have like a beer or two, and you're just like, just get a little sleepy after a big pasta dinner. Um, sorry. Anyways, uh, front office sports, I believe it's like they're, they cover like the business of sports. The yeah, business side they're of sports. a non douchey Darren Ravel. Okay. There you go. Oh, God. I, I dislike that man very much. Um, yep. And so, yeah, so he wants, to, or he didn't actually say he wants to, but is interested in buying yeah, I mean, a I don't minority think share. explicitly said that he wants to own Washington football team, but. Well, no, I, I saw that there was like conversations of, of him trying to buy, you know, because, you know, the minority owners have been trying to sell their share of the, of the Washington football team ever since the Dan mm-hmm. Snyder stuff came out. Yeah, and that Be- uh, Jeff Bezos was linked to wanting to buy that part and become the minority owner, mm-hmm. which would obviously then could lead to him stepping up and buying the whole damn thing. But, um, I mean, so I guess it's not 
so much of a pipe dream for us anymore, right? Like you said, we were kind of joking about it for a long time, but now that there's yeah. actually reporting of him being interested, and of course Amazon's coming to the DMV. He already lives here. Like, it makes sense. I mean, and I, who wouldn't? I mean, he's the richest man in the world. Of course he wants to be a, an owner of a professional sports franchise. I get it. I mean, especially one that's valued at, what, 2 to $3 billion? And we suck. Buy every single one two times over. Yeah. I'm surprised that he hasn't bought one yet. You know, you, a, I'm, I'm wait and see. I'm not going to believe it until I start seeing like cold, hard facts that he wants to buy the, the football team. Yeah. Otherwise, Quotes, it's just a documents. Yeah. But, you know, what I find to be incredible is I don't know how Snyder has gotten away with all this shit. Like all of these articles, like, the owner of the Panthers did some pretty bad stuff, but I mean, not, I mean, which was almost in parallel with what Snyder, even though Snyder wasn't directly involved, but I mean, by that rationale, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how Snyder hasn't just, how he's kind of escaped this other, otherwise smear campaign against him. Um, I mean, I just thought there would be people out in droves, not just Reds, frustrated Redskins fans, but, the NFL as a whole and the media um, you know, nationwide saying like, this guy's got to go. I don't know how he's escaped it again. He's every time just lawyered up. He's lawyered the F up. He's ready. But if anyone can buy him out, it's the richest man in the world. So I would hope picture this. The year is 20, Let's say 2035. We are at the newly primes. Yeah. The Washington primes. We are at the newly built largest stadium in professional sports on the site (laughs) of RFK. We are watching the game with our VR goggles while drones deliver beer to us. And we are betting live in the game on our phones. I think that's Ian's Nirvana. I think. I would love to have that. He said, don't get excited yet. Yeah, but then he just did that. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be fantastic. And I mean, it, it sounds like they are at the minimum, at least like doing their due diligence to see if this is even attainable. So um, do we know I, I, other than being it, it just outwardly wealthy? I mean, he is a very, very powerful man, a more powerful man than Snyder. So. Do we yes, know? Please. Do we know? The, I, I don't like. Is it? Do the minority current minority owners that want out? Is it? Yes. That they can't sell because no one's buying, or because Dan is holding them accountable, or holding them from doing that because some legal jargon. I don't know. But do we know? Yeah, Snyder's doing a right to refusal, like he's refusing whatever movement these minority shareholders are trying to do. And it's just going to be a strenuous and lengthy legal battle um, where they're just pissed off at each other. So he can legally keep them from selling their shares. I don't know. That sounds like something he would do. Where's Jay Viv when you need him? Yeah, I know. I mean, I it know. definitely sounds like something he would do. I just didn't know that was like a legal, like, you know, if I buy, you know, if we, if we buy stock into, you know, a bar together and, but then, 
Let's buy a bar. And then I decide, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell my share to somebody else. Like, why? How could you possibly stop me from doing that? I don't know. I don't know enough of the legal. I don't know. I guess. I guess <laughs> a professional sports franchise at one time the most profitable franchises in all of the North American sports is a little different than uh, buying a portion of a bar. <laughs> Slightly. Slightly. <laughs> but um, he would be our, our savior if he, in fact take Snyder away from this team because then we would finally have hope for the first time ever. I'll name my firstborn Bezos. Done. <laughs> Gladly. Again, Washington Primes. You can name no the Washington Primes uh, immediately. Yeah. If, that, if that means Snyder's gone and we get Jeff Washington Primes. Oh my God. You don't think I'm going to dress up as a burgundy and gold Optimus Prime for every home game? <laughs> Watch me. Nice. <laughs> 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 You laugh, but I'll do it. I'll do oh, it. I know you will. I'll be right there next to you. <laughs> Offensive line, roll out. Uh, can we just do this regardless? Like, I don't even care if we just get yeah. real. <laughs> hey, next time. All right, so next time fans are allowed at FedEx, I'm just going to do it, and I'm just going to have a little big sign that says, Bezos for president or Bezos for team owner or something like that. Save us, yeah. save us, Bezos. Save us, Bezos, and I'll just be Optimus Prime. Optimus fucking Prime. Oh my god. Burgundy and gold Optimus Prime. Oh my god. People better get it or else they're gonna be stupid. <laughs> you can get on TV with that one. Oh, for sure. I'll kick Cletus's like ass. <laughs> I like it. All right, so we're gonna move to the hardwood. Um, finally. Respect has been put on Bradley Beal's name. He is an all-star starter. I believe that is the first all-star starter for Washington Wizards since Gilbert Arenas. Gotta be. John, so it's almost been 15 years. John wasn't um, a starter? I don't, I, I don't... Was he a... Let's see. I don't know if he was ever a starter. I don't think he was. He was a five-time all-star. I don't think so. All right. Oh, wait. Right here. John Wall named NBA All-Star starter. Oh. 2015. What year? 2015. Okay. So, anyways, um, the NBA's leading scorer, Bradley Beal, what is he at? 33 points a game. Something freaking ridiculous. Um, he, he got – not only did he get – I mean, we knew he had the respect amongst his peers and coaches in the NBA, but even the fan base. I mean, he led the um, league shooting guards in, in droves. Um, all guards. All guards? For the East. Oh, that makes me even happier. Uh, and so it was it was amazing news and deservedly, deservedly so. And, um, you know, when it was announced the next game, I was listening to um, – Drew Grit, Drew, and Justin Kutcher's broadcast, which is terrible. God damn it, I miss Buck and Phil's. It's so bad. But Drew did have a good point. Um, he goes, he's the best isolation player in, in the NBA right now. And I was thinking, I was like, all right, who's better? I don't From a know. straight scoring standpoint? I mean, in pure isolation, like he, because he can drive, he can um, get to the foul line, he can shoot. I mean, he can move without the ball. I mean, he's Dame. He's he's stronger than Dame, though. I think I think Dame's a better ISO player from the outs from the perimeter, but from can he get to the hoop? 
and in and out. Like that's where Bradley's game is really elevated. Um, but either way, like I was thinking with what Drew said, I was like, like at the minimum, we're having a conversation, which is, yeah. you know, something we, we haven't had before. I know he's been in, uh, certainly been an all-star, but I mean, he is now next level. Unbelievable. That superstar status now. He's developed so much from just like the shooting, like Remember the way he was, Alan comps. Yeah, and Better. now he's he is oh yeah. I mean, he's just so much more athletic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Ray is the one of the purest strokes that you'll ever see. But mm-hmm. he was never a guy to attack the rim. Bradley's mm-hmm. just going. He's going at people. He's going right in your chest. It's and they always talk about how he had a football background. All of his, he was the youngest of like four or five, and all of his brothers were football players, college football mm-hmm. players. And you can see the physicality in his game, and he's he's just strong. Yeah. How, he, how he goes up with it, getting to the line, he, he's got way more attitude. He, he complains a little bit too much, but I hate I hate that. That's like that's newish too. He was never he never used to do that. Brad, no. yeah, well not so, as much because now he just complains all the time. Hey, if he's complaining while doing all this, and that that's what helps you game up, whatever. Thirty-two point seven points per game is really hard to do. Uh, he was having thirty-five there for a little bit. He's already got twenty twenty tonight. We're watching them play the Nuggets, and it's already halftime. He's already got twenty. So and Denver's one of the best defensive teams in basketball. So pays to get forty. I mean, that's when you know he's next level where, like, you you know what he's going to do, and he's so good that you can't stop him. Like, I don't think we've ever really had a player, like, do this on a nightly basis to this level. Like, this is, what the season he's having right now is better than any season John had and really better than, you know, I think it's better than what Gilbert had um, back in the mid-2000s. So is – because a couple of – maybe not, a year or two ago – we were talking more about, yeah, Bradley's a really good scorer, but he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the clutch gene. Has he cured that? Is he clutch now? Uh, clutcher. Clutcher, yeah. He's improving. That's 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 not there yet, but I mean. He's the Diet Coke of, Diet Coke of clutch. I mean, ju- but just watch this team when he's on the court versus when he's not. I mean, we, we, we are, we, we're nothing without him. Yeah. I mean, he he has to play 35 plus minutes a night, which is, you know, criminal. And he can't take any nights off like other superstars are. And so, you know, Ian, you are one of our basketball aficionado. I mean, how, how good is he now? I mean, is he the best shooting guard in the NBA? For me, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Like people, people still talk about Clay Thompson being the best. Clay, he might have a, he might be a better shooter for sure. Defensively, Defensively too. But as, all around, like whenever Clay drops those like fifty point games, he dribbles what like twelve times, mm-hmm. which is madly impressive. But Brad can create his own anything, whatever he wants. You want to take him in, he'll take you down. You you want to you want to give him the shot, he's gonna fucking stroke it. What what I've seen him develop into is just it's amazing, really. I never thought he, I knew he was gonna be good, mm-hmm. but I didn't think he was ever gonna develop into this. I mean, he's what six three six four. I mean, he's go. He's attacking the hoop against seven footers, and he's using his left better than I've Somehow ever seen. He always gets it back. Like he gets it back to get his shot up. It's, it's six three two zero seven per ESPN dot com. 
you know, and it's, he's just at this point, like, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be here for. I'm just grateful. I'm watching greatness. Like this is, this is actually, this is greatness. In my opinion, that play he made back to his athleticism, that play he made late again, or maybe it wasn't that late, but against the Lakers the other night when he was, he seemed like he was hanging in the air for like 20 Mm -hmm. seconds and they did the reverse. That was was unbelievable. Yeah. I just found my, when I was watching, I was like, He's really good. Yeah, yeah, he's good at the basketball. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows and, how to put that ball in the hoop, huh? That's crazy. And and then as frustrating as this team has been over the season, um, the past week or so, and they, they won five straight for the first time in five years, I believe, something like that. Um, they've been really, really fun to watch. They have beaten some really good teams, um. And I, I feel like they're they're starting to correct themselves a little bit because when they were playing, you know, when we were had the worst record in the league, I mean, clearly there's too much talent on this team for this to continue. And um, you know, I, I think we are starting to see a correction, of course. You know, is it one of the, you know, winning five games in a row after five games in a row? Probably not, but um it, it's been fun to watch. And they're playing defense, which was foreign for so long. They beat Boston. They beat Houston. Uh, they beat Denver, which is a game I think they were winning by a lot and almost blew it, but they held on. Uh, then at Portland, um, and then of course at the Lakers without <sighs> AD, um, but still. And then they got blown out the other night uh, against the Clippers, but that was back to back against two LA teams. So and they and they brought it to back to five to start the fourth, and they just were. You're right because you text a glimmer. <laughs> they were exhausted. Um, um, and now taking it, they're up by a handful against Denver right now at halftime in Denver. So, yeah, I mean, they're. I think it's a good point. They're. It's not that they're correcting the ship against bad teams. Though those, you know, those are playoff teams that they're mm-hmm. they're beating, contending teams. Um, yeah. and you know, you look just at the quick box score line on their schedule on ESPN.com. You know, Beal thirty five, Beal thirty seven. Bertans 35. That was the night he had a couple threes oh against God, Denver. 37 against Portland. 33 against the Lakers. Even 28 against the Clippers. I mean, mm-hmm. he has only been their not leading scorer. One, two, three, four. I think he sat this game because there's no way anyone else outscored Alex Len five, six times. Every other time he's been the leading scorer for the Wizards in each game, which obviously leads to him being the leading scorer in the NBA. He, he's, he really is. He's so much fun to watch. But really what also been impressive, and i got to give – toss this up to Ian. Um, Rui, where he might not be developing fast on offense, he is guarding the opposing team's best player every game now. Um, they think he can defend one through five. I mean, he is showing – defensive versatility that I didn't know he had in his game. Um, it is really, really impressive. I mean, he held um, Kawhi Leonard had his, um, his field goal percentage was under 50% last night when he was guarding him. LeBron was under 50% when he was guarding him. And he is working so, so hard on the, um, on the floor. It's, it's really impressive to watch. I think Ian was switching. Uh... Yep. Yep. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> but uh, but I agree. Uh, well, I was if Ian, you want to talk about um, Rui's defensive prowess? I love Rui. 
I'm more excited for Denny's uh, defensive prowess. I think that boy's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's gonna be good. He. I can't explain it, but he just watching Denny play. He doesn't play like a 19 year old, and he just he does all those little things that don't show up in the stats. Yes, like in the back of his basketball card, that like he just does the little things already. Um, I so, love it. He plays like a vet. And he's 19 years old. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's the game isn't too fast for him. He mm-hmm. slows it down, and it's like it's he's gonna be he's gonna be special. He can rebound. He's probably I, he already is our best perimeter defender. I know the bar is exceptionally low, but exceptionally. but I mean you have two your back to back rookies that are incredibly versatile on defense, and you need that. You need guys that can play inside and out. And I know defense is you know optional at times, but I mean these guys really. I mean again, Rui defended back to back nights, LeBron and Kawhi, and held his own both. It's that's it's that's impressive. I mean that's that shows you that like there is a you know, he's improving and for sure. And and Denny, I, I don't I think he's being misused offensively. But that's gonna come over time. But the fact that he you're throwing a nineteen year old kid that was playing in Israel last year. I think he was pl- playing in Israel. Yeah. And you're throwing him in the mix with against all-stars and he's not he's not a liability he's actually showing well like that's a win yes good hit tommy good hit yeah yeah and i mean his we were worried about his shooting but he's solid three-point shooter. it looks looks pretty good (laughs) yeah his shot looks really nice actually he's kind of got a weird push to it yeah like whenever he whenever he shoots it i'm like that doesn't look good but then it goes in so all, all all i care about is the end result and I know the NBA is rather positionless now, but is he a three? Like, uh, yeah, because he's not that good of a shooter to be a, a pure two. <laughs> but he's tall enough. I yep. yeah, I'd put him at three. Yeah, because Rui's more of a four. Yep. Um, he's actually I mean, kind he was- of. He's been a steal for I think maybe both of you. I think it was Ian, but on DraftKings because. He gets those rebounds. You know, he, he is does. getting like nine rebounds a game, and that he goes up with a strong. That's what I like. And then he, he hits a couple of threes, and you got like 20, 25 points from, you know, your utility player. Did you draft yeah. him too, Tom? I drafted Rui. I, I drafted Denny. There you go. Um, he, was my, he was my last pick. But back to Rui, I mean, I. I'm really impressed because I've always this is kind of what I envisioned when they drafted him. I actually liked when they drafted him because mm-hmm. I, I remember. I mean, I feel like you know Gonzaga is one of those the college, the university, not not my alma mater, high school here in DC, uh, is one mm-hmm. of those like you can't go wrong if you draft from that program right now because mm-hmm. I mean they're consistently good and and putting out solid basketball players. And I, yeah. I love the drafting of Rui, and this is kind of why I envisioned him. I loved that quote that I was reading of him being like, you know, one time, I think it was after practice or maybe halftime of a game, like Russell Westbrook like, kind of came up to me and got in my face. was like, you need to be the guy that covers one through five. You can do that. And he took that to heart, and now he we're seeing it. I mean, he is covering it, their best player whenever he can and also improving his scoring too. So I, I, I'm hoping Rui turns into that great, you know, 
third or fourth option for this team for a couple of years. That's also an elite defender. And that's all we'll need from him because do you know how hard it is to guard the best player on every team, every game? Like, and that's what he's been tasked to do with now. And, you know, finally credit to Scott Brooks to, to realize that and he putting uh, Mo Wagner in the starting lineup. He, I love Mo Wagner too. I mean, he's such a dick. <laughs> such a dick. We'll love him on our but, team though. But he's on our team. Like, and we were, we were talking about that. I, I think a few nights ago, we're like, guys, it's just like, you're starting five of guys that get under your skin and Wagner just, he, he goes, Wagner, his, Wagner's up there. His primary goal is just, I am going to piss you off. Like, and he does it. He's well. so good at it. Everyone hates him. I hated him when he was at Michigan. Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. His brother's good too. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, I'm trying to like, is there a guy that I'm trying to think that like I hated the most that would just get under your skin? Um, again, I, I think it probably, if Grievous Vasquez went anywhere else besides Maryland, it probably would have been him. Um, oh my yeah. God. Um, and, um, Lance Stevenson. That's it. But uh, Rondo, Rondo is like number one. I, I, but I like Rondo. Like, so do I. But <laughs> I used to hate him when he was on Boston. I always respected him. I, mm-hmm. But man, he was so, he's such a little shit. Yeah, and even, but he, but he's he could back it up because he was playing like, especially in Boston, he was an all star. Um, whereas like someone like Pat Beverly, like in like, like he doesn't even mask who he is like I, yeah. i'm i'm going to be an asshole the entire yep. time the entire time oh fucking aaron craft i hated aaron craft oh i did Ooh. not like aaron craft oh, the, the little ohio state guard oh, oh God. i hated him so much he was like a duke player mm-hmm. he got under my skin and, he, and that's what he would do he'd get i mean he wasn't the best guy on the court but he would get under everybody's skin and that always pissed me off Fucking Greg Paulus. Greg fucking Paulus. Absolute nobody. Hated him. Hated him. Good God. Now it became personal. John Shire. He didn't. Oh, I, just hated I, didn't. I just hated his face. <laughs> now we're just naming white Duke Stupid Duke white guards. face. <laughs> just white guys from Duke. Like, just the, the worst. Like, I didn't hate Tyler Hansborough. No, I love Tyler no, Hansborough. I, I, love, I love Tyler Hansborough. You know why? Because he was always shoving it in Duke's players' faces. Down their yes. throats. You want we, had, we had a mutual enemy, so yes, I, I was good on that. So yeah, it's been it's been fun watching the Wiz the past week. I mean, it it was really bleak there for a while. Like I thought it was inevitable that Brad was going to request trade, and you know, the more that he this continues and he doesn't, just makes me love him even more. Where you know he's him and Dame Lillard seem to be cut from a similar cloth, where they you know they're loyal to the organization that drafted them, and they are. Um, you know, embrace this town and, and stuff like that. So I, I God, I hope he stays. Please. That would kill me. That would about kill me. But I wouldn't be mad if he requested a trade. I mean, no, I'd, be, I get it. I'd be livid, but I would understand it. I think we would, yeah. I have to give him credit too, because before the five game streak, it could have been very easy for him and the whole team really to give up. And just be yeah. like, look, I'm on my way out anyways. I don't even care. I'm here to get my minutes, my my shots, and then um, I'm going to get my trade, and I'll be out of here before the All-Star break. They stuck with it, and they turned around, and now they're only three games out of a playoff spot, and mm-hmm. we're still, I think, a week and a half, 
uh, a week away from the All Star break, so they can close that gap before the, mm-hmm. they get the week off. So, I mean, I even asked the other night, and this is coming from a guy who's I am very strictly college basketball. I mean, I love basketball, but I will always watch college basketball over the pros. Um, should I tune back into the Wizards? And everyone was unequivocally yes. Like they are fun to watch now, and they're playing the right way and the way that this team was envisioned to be able to play coming into the season. And then we were watching, we're all watching the Lakers game together, all of which, all of you, which bet on it. Um, and Russ was missing. And free throw after free throw. Um, you know, Bobby, I've been watching enough basketball with you, but I, I, every time I see a missed three throw, I just immediately think of you. Like it just, well, it's, it's also funny. Cause whenever you text, please dot make dot your dot free dot throws dot it does not make me want to watch the game at all because i know i will get very upset very quickly i think it was danny that said it on twitter like i i i don't understand how you could shoot 60 percent from the free throw line as a professional athlete especially if you're a guard like russell westbrook like that I, you need to be 80 85 at minimum they're like if, if, fucking free <laughs> if Ian ever meets Russell in person, like we're we're shooting a hundred free throws right now, I win. Let's go right now, <laughs> and I'll be, I'll beat him. <laughs> Please make your free throws, make especially free when throws. you have the Wiz plus seven. Make your free throws. And God, and it was so fucking annoying, dude. Because <laughs> the over under, I got I got the live one at two. No, it was two two twenty nine, and it was. It was one, yeah, 229 and a half. And I just needed them to fucking make that one free throw. And it was, then it was 231. And then we would have won without overtime. But no, that stupid little shit. This is your, it's a fuck. It's in the goddamn name. It's in the name. Free throw. Free. You're getting paid $40 million a year. Make your free throws. Get all the fucking triple doubles you want. But if you're sitting out of line by yourself, you should be able to make that shot. I kind of hope. Ian, you are a basketball coach one day because I, I just want to see your guy, your kids miss free throws. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, my dad, my dad, I, I can have a triple double. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you missed four free throws. Fuck's wrong with you? He was always <laughs> joking about it, but I was like, thanks, pops. Yeah. It, it, it worked though. I would, I fucking, I sat in the gym and I fucking, or on my driveway and just free throw, free throw, free throw. And that's how you get good at it. It's just constant repetition. That's where, like, and I, and they're also doing this without fans in the stands too. Like, I, I just don't understand how Russell Wilson shooting sixty percent from the free throw line. Like, I, I just Russell Wilson, he crossed cross sport. Sorry, <laughs> got my got my R dubs confused. Yeah. Oh, I almost said that earlier. I almost called him. I almost called Russ Wilson Westbrook. Mm-hmm. That won't um, be confusing. Are they going to have a regular All-Star game this year? Like, are they going to be able to pick teams? Because that is honestly the coolest thing ever, and please, everyone should watch it. I know they are definitely picking teams. I think the All-Star, like, all of the, you know how they do like, the entire weekend? Like, all mm-hmm. the weekend's activities is going to happen in one day, I think. Okay. That like, makes sense. I but I thought the players don't want to play in it. I don't know. They're going to Atlanta. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, the, the Stars don't want to play. Like Brett Beals finally named a starter, and he's not even. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I mean, if it's his choice, that's fine with me. I don't care. But like, yeah, I, mean, it, I just, I just selfishly want to watch him in the All Star game. Yeah, but it, I would suck that he finally makes it, and then 
you know, all the other players opt out or something. Yes. The, the last two years in which these players, when they can pick teams, like, Ian, we were watching the All-Star it game. Was last. Awesome. It, it was basketball pornography. Like, I was yes. like, I, I want all of, I want this every day. I Please. gambled on every single quarter, too. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, but they cared, like, because, you know, they, they did their own teams. Like, they, like, it wasn't the fucking like 175 to 183 type thing, no, which I fucking no. hate. This was, this is the best players in the world mm-hmm. trying to beat each other. The best pickup, like, yeah, it was, and they took pride in it and like they played defense. Like, it yep. was just like, I remember I was like in the edge of my seat. Like, I remember when they came up with the, that weird fucking um, format. I was like, that mm-hmm. sounds so stupid. And then I was glued. I was like, this <laughs> format needs to never go away. Never, <laughs> never go away. So who are the captains? Are It's LeBron and KD, right? Yeah. All right. So then we should do our own draft. That would be cool. Um, uh, we can do it next week. I think the – I think the uh, Yes. The All-Star Games cool. out until the following weekend. Remember last last year when Kyle Lowry was in instead of fucking Bradley Beal? Fuck <laughs> Fuck the game up, little shit. Oh yeah, Kyle Lowry over Bradley Beal. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, where's the wizard schedule? And it became personal to me. <laughs> and, I, and I take that personally. Hate Kyle Lowry. Another guy. Oh god, I hated him. I hate Kyle Lowry too. Get under his skin. Um, yeah, we should definitely do an All Star draft. That'd be fun. All right. So yeah. So the the Wizards' last game uh, before the as the week from tonight is the fourth. Mm-hmm. I think that weekend is the break, and then they come back the the following Wednesday, the tenth, as their restart to the season. So nice. if we do a, if we do a podcast next week, which I'm guessing now we're saying we are, uh, let's do a an all star draft. We got to get Ray on for that. He would love. I think he would be all in on that. I think he would too. We'll do either Ray or Dick. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Bill, you can't draft Lou Dort. <laughs> Loves himself some Lou Dort. You, you are in the torture chamber. I get it. Torture <laughs> chamber. Um, all right. So, last sport of the night, we have baseball. Ba- spring training is amongst us. Bobby, you are not in Florida. I feel. I gotta feel like this is weird. Um, it's weird in that mm-hmm. a year ago I was there, obviously, and then you know we're coming up on the year of the shutdown and yeah. you know and quarantine and COVID and the year that we still hasn't ended. Um, that's what's weird about it. I mean, I, I mean. I shouldn't complain about my trip. I like that trip. It's 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 always it's just a lot of work, you know. They're just long days. People always say, "Oh, we get to go to spring training. It's so awesome." Yeah, but it's also, it's you know, it's a lot of work. It's tough. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's not just like going down there and sitting watching baseball all day. You know, I'm working the entire time. Um, but no, I mean, it's yeah, it's been weird. Obviously, don't have the access that we do. It is weird not being around the players are going into the clubhouse and we're only talking to them on zoom. And, you know, we get like an eight minute clip of B roll from the team sent every day. Um, the PR team for the Nats side, at least I haven't checked in on the O's at all. 
Uh, but the PR team on the Nats side like sets up a Zoom for like an hour to watch practice, and like you can't see shit. I mean, it's no, it's nothing. It's not their fault. They're doing their best to to help us out, but you know, you can't see anything. It's a Zoom from a phone, so it's quite different. It's uh, it's a shame, but um, you know, we're making it work. And I mean, at least they're down there. At least they're practicing. Uh, mm-hmm. Spring training game start on Sunday, and um, looks like we're moving towards a. A semi-regular regular season, so I think that's that's something worth celebrating. You know, and both teams are kind of in, in different phases right now. Where I feel like the Nationals are like, we are just going to forget 2020, and that was a mulligan. We're going to try to, you know, run it back to what we did in 2019, which I find to be unrealistic because we don't have Anthony Rendon anymore. And then the Orioles are in what year three of the rebuild and really um, overachieved tremendously. Um, and it was, watch. yeah, it was uh, uh, it, it, just as you said. So, and then they're kind of at a point where they're, they're certainly in the process of rebuilding, but like now these young guys are actually going to start playing every single day. And, you know, they're going to have a 162 game sample size to see if, you know, they're a part of their team's future. Yeah. Elias took the bottom two farm system in the league and turned it into a top five in two years. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And Elias, I trust. Let's fucking go. Need bring, the box. Bring, up, bring up Adley. So, yeah, Bobby, would you – any info on that? I mean, do you think we'll see him in, in an Oriole uniform this yeah, season? Yeah, I, I I would imagine he'll be up at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so isn't there, like, a deadline where if you call them up by, like, this day, you have an extra year of eligibility? Like, so I know, yeah, like, the strategy that? behind that. The Super 2? I mean, yeah, it's like – that's what the whole – like uh, Chris Bryan versus the Cubs thing is like, there's a deadline where I think it's middle of June, early June. Um, if you're brought up before that, then that year that counts towards your service time for that full year. And in terms of how close you are to free agency. Um, and if you're called up after that, then it doesn't count. Um, and so the, that basically Calling up the player after that deadline basically gives the team more control. So, like, the Cubs waited until after that moment to bring up Chris Bryant, and that's why they now have one more year before he hits free agency of him being arbitration eligible as opposed to hitting free agency this offseason. Um, mm-hmm. The Nats did the complete opposite with Juan Soto. They brought him up before that because they, they had to. They had to, and, you know, I guess – Mike Rizzo doesn't care about such things. And so now Juan Soto is what you, I think actually Trey Turner technically is too. Did he go through this? I don't remember. But Juan Soto is what you call, I don't know why they call it this, but it's called a super two. Um, so that means he has an extra year of arbitration, which means he'll hit free agents, free agency earlier uh, than he would have had. They waited um, a year and that, but they also, at the same time, you're bringing up an 18 year old or no, not 19 year old. Um, to take place of I forget who I even forget who got hurt that they needed to bring up Juan Soto it wasn't Bryce, um, mm-hmm. but you're not expecting him to take the sport by storm and win your World Series championship the next year and be an MVP candidate. <laughs> so, in all okay, fairness, to Mike Rizzo, like you know, he this is by far the best case scenario in terms of bringing up Juan Soto when you're 19 years old. Uh, before that deadline. Um, but no, uh, back to the Orioles. I mean, Adley, I don't think they'll bring up Adley before that. There's not going to be a need to. Uh, I, he's going to be like a September call-up, and he'll make – I'm sure he'll – and also, you know what? If I'm the Orioles, um, 
I think the smart thing to do is wait and see if you can get fans in the stands and mm-hmm. then bring him up because then that game that's true. That game yeah. or that whole series will sell out. I mean, it might only be 50% yeah, capacity, be like but everyone will be there. Type thing. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Number two, a number one overall pick. I mean, you, I mean, people, and, and that's just, you know, anytime you bring up the Orioles over the past two years now, Adley Rutschman is the first name to come up. Um, every, every time. And so it's, you know, I, if I'm the Orioles, I'm waiting to see if, you know, and we're seeing now, some other stadiums around be ready he, for have fans before opening day. So you he, know. He, I know he's a catcher, but the longevity of catchers is always like, do you think they'll transition him as like a first baseman one day or something where he can be in the lineup every day? I mean, someday, but not, to, I mean, not yet. Yeah. I mean, it's someone we had this and I hope he doesn't hope he's not listening to this intern. Um, I mean this uh, podcast, which I'm sure he is, uh, mm-hmm. we, but we had an intern the year that they drafted him and he was trying to make the case that as soon as you draft him, you should make, you should make the change. He should make the change to either outfield or first base. And we were like, what? No, you don't draft number one overall a catcher just to change his position. So he's going to be a catcher. Um, but I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, we've seen it with um, Joe Maurer. Um, I think Matt Wieters was a little too big <laughs> and not athletic enough to be um, Real Muto's played first. a first baseman. Uh, Real Muto, Buster Posey. So, yeah, it's, there's definitely a precedent for that, and I'm sure they'll get to that point. But, I mean, no, he'll be – the catcher for well, didn't Bryce get drafted as a catcher? He was a projected outfielder from the start, I think. I think he I mean, played catcher, he played. yeah. He did play catcher. I think he was always the emergency catcher too when he was with the Nats, was he at, at times? But I think actually it became uh, was it Defo? It might have been Defo at some point because they didn't want mm-hmm. him to get they didn't want Bryce to get hurt, but yeah, Bryce played catcher. I think the one year of Juco college he played, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even in mm-hmm. high school. And that was his position in, in high school, too, as catcher. Um, yeah. You know, but what's weird, I was reading an, a column from Barry Sfair Lugo, who's one of my favorite um, writers at the Post, and he said he was talking to, um, you know, uh, some, a front office exec in the NL East. He didn't reveal who, who but he, he said the, the Nats were lucky when they, when they won because – and I think what the exec was trying to say was – and certainly there was <laughs> – to say that we uh, were playing with house money would be an understatement. Um, at the same time, what, what's really difficult, I think, for both of these franchises, regardless of where they are at um, from a, a talent perspective, is they are in the two hardest divisions in baseball. I mean, the, the Yankees are, are still going all in, obviously. The Rays were the representative of the American League last season. The Blue Jays might be our, our fringe, like, that team is going to be really, really freaking good and, you know, um, signed the best um, outfield free agent in um, George Springer. And then they got Vlad Jr. and Biggio and all the other former baseball players who I watched their dads play and now <laughs> they are old. Um, and then the Red Sox still have a, a lot of talent on their team. And then obviously in, on, in the National League, I mean, the Phillies are going for it. The Mets are going for it. The Braves, obviously. Um, we're a fringe World Series contender last season, um, team last year too. So I mean, there's just a lot of teams that you have to get through, and um, and I assume that's what that exec was alluding to. Like, it, it's really hard to get out of that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both. Yeah, both divisions. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. I don't. I mean, but also like, I mean, I don't know. I think um, that's not. 
dwell too deep into that quote because I think anyone, any team's lucky to win anything. You know, it's like sure. there's always a certain amount of luck when it comes to winning a championship. Definitely. Um, and I think the Nats didn't luck their way into the championship. They definitely earned it. Um, yeah. Some things broke just, their... What I mean by they just were hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some things went their way, obviously, but they also were the best team in October. Um, but anyways, I I think that oddly enough, in terms of comparing our two local oddly teams, oddly enough, hey, uh, our two local teams in terms of the Orioles and the Nationals and the uh, their divisions, I think that more so favors the Orioles because, like you just said, their prospects are going to play 162. They're going to have young guys playing all year round, and they're going to be mm-hmm. playing against the best. They're going to play tough competition in Tampa, Toronto, New York. Um, and so that's how you gain experience. And like you said, that's like, that's how, you know, Michael Ice is going to be able to evaluate these guys, who he has really set in stone for the future. Whereas on the national side, this is a team that's supposed to contend and they might be the third best team in their division. That's probably not going to be good enough in the national league to make a playoff team. So that actually probably hurts them the most. I mean, yeah, you want to play against the best and you want to, you know, beat the best, but I mean, it is going to be, tough for a team that has playoff aspirations and expectations mm-hmm. as opposed to the mm-hmm. Orioles who are, you know, looking just to was this year three of the rebuild. Well, I, I also feel like the Orioles are like a year behind or a year or two behind what the Rays and um, Blue Jays did. Because yeah. yeah, those are also two young teams that had to rebuild um, through the draft and you know, it's all coming to fruition for them now and you know, the the Orioles are really going through that same process. So when these young guys do develop, then they, they're in the same, you know, conundrum against the Blue Jays and Rays players that are going to be, you know, presumably in their prime. You know, it's it's an unenviable position. Yeah. And and and, and at least like the Marlins aren't pushovers either. I mean, this is a team no, that made the playoffs definitely. last year and they beat the Cubs in uh yeah. three games or whatever it was. So, you know, I mean they're I think they're on paper. Again, obviously the worst team in the division, but they're not the Marlins of, you know, 2019, 2018, where they're losing almost 100 games a year. They are mm-hmm. going to be closer, hovering around 500, and um, there will be a tough out, I keep saying. I think they're going to be a tougher out than yeah. than most than they have been in the past. Yeah, and, and I would say an even bigger news around baseball was what the Padres are doing, where they have, uh, what, 13-year, 400 400- I don't know what the exact numbers were for Fernando Tatis. 340, because he got more than Bryce. Wow. <laughs> he already got paid more than Bryce. Uh, he got, yeah, he got the, he got one extra year, but 10 million more dollars. Damn, I didn't even see that. That's funny. 14 years, and he's only 22. He, yeah. j- he just turned 22. God, that long of a contract. And he can actually sign a, a second a one. A second one, yeah. He'll be only yeah. he'll only be thirty six minutes up. And, and so that's what the Padres are doing, which I very much admire. I think that's awesome. But then if I am Juan Soto, I'm like learners. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to get. Paid. Well, here's the thing, I'm, though. I'm probably better than that guy. Like, here's the thing, so. though. He is, but if you're also if you're Juan Soto. I mean, he's also represented by Boris, so don't think this is not already in his ear. But I'm better than that guy, and I don't hit free agency until after the 2024 season. So what other contracts are going to be signed between now and then that's going to raise that bar even higher? Why would you jump the gun and sign right now when you could 
probably get way more down the line. You know, I mean, that's good. Yeah. We could be looking back at the Tatis contract when it's 2021 in three years and be like, wow, that's nothing compared to what guys are getting right now. That's unreal. So as much as, you know, we, we being me and Tom and, and Nats fans want the Nationals to re-sign Soto right now, it's just not going to happen because why would he do that? He's leaving. He'll be he'll be leaving so much money on the table if he did that now because also obviously him staying healthy and continue on the progression that he is aimed for right now. But good God, he's going to make a half a million dollars if he reaches his free agency. Oh, my God. That's unreal. And, you know, Boris clients don't sign extensions, so yeah. they, they like to test the market. Boris. Boris is just sitting here. Boris is like, no, 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 no. You're not signing anything until 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. His arbitration will keep going up, and then, you know, he could be worth 400. I mean, what did Trout signed? 450, 460 or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, Juan Soto could easily could sign $500 million in three years. That's That could be the bar. Learners better sell White Flint like right now then. <laughs> Please. Like, and that's just in, insane. And, and what the Padres are doing, I mean, did that arms rank length, arms race between the Padres and the Dodgers, I mean, that's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, Go, man. You know, you know, you remember everyone questioned, like, Mandy, why are you signing in San Diego? Like, they had like one of the best farm systems at that point too. I don't know why everybody questioned that. And it's San Diego. Yeah, like I'm gonna live in San Diego year round. That sound? No, I don't want to do that. I don't no, want to be seventy in, degrees at all times. No, Seventy five and forty every day, all day. No, that doesn't. That sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. For three hundred and thirty million. <laughs> that that team is going to be fun to watch, and that rivalry between them and the Dodgers is going to be you know must be TV for sure. I'm Team Slam Diego. Oh yeah, God, they're so much fun to watch. Even though I'm so happy for Manny too. I'm so happy. Yeah, I love Joe Kelly on the Dodgers though. Anyone that oh just chirps at the fucking Astros. Let's go. People don't forget they cheated. (laughs) Um, And once again, they're gonna get away with. They got so fucking lucky. That was this supposed to be their shame tour. Yes. Astro Shame Tour on Twitter is one of my favorite handles. And, so good. Um, I just hope people don't people don't forget. They're fans. I never thought I'd how indignant they are. Like it's unreal. Like, and you know the guy that conducted like the guy other than John Boy that really started like sifting through all the data was an Astros fan, a season ticket holder, a lifelong avid. Oh, fan. really? I did not know that. And he was like, I almost feel like I'm like betraying the team I love, but like I have to know the truth. This was was the truth. And, you know, it's the worst scandal. And and frankly, baseball got away with it because of the pandemic and, you know, not having fans in the stands because, I mean, it's. It is because the Mets won. Yeah. Oh, God. Again, if they if they cheated and Max found out. Oh, he would be in prison. (laughs) I I would feel bad for the next batter that came up. (laughs) Yeah. So I just hope when fans can play, go again. Like, please don't forget what the Astros do, did. Please boo them every single second of every, every single time. They're going to get eviscerated. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, 
hopefully, and I mean, if there are, you know, it's clear, I know with the, where the things are going with the pandemic and vaccines and, and being outside is far different than being inside. Like I hope they allow at least some fans in these stadiums. I mean, they typically hold 30 to 40,000 people. So, I mean, I, I think we can find something. Uh, 10 to 15,000, something like that. Like I know Max went on record saying like, we, we got to work something out. We got to have some, some of the fans there. Like, like it's got to be weird for them to play in silence. Like you know, baseball's so so much about routine, and you know, unless you're a Miami Marlin, like you got to play with some kind of noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Miami Marlin. So, but anyways, that's all I got for the the sporting goods. Um, any news from Porter? I assume he fell asleep. Ten fifty-three. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. Do we want to talk about one division? Are we all caught up? Is yeah, we're caught up, but there's just an episode tomorrow. Why don't they release it at midnight, sons of bitches? West Coast. I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> Those hippies. But I mean, that's what they would do with the boys. Like I'd come home from work on a Thursday night, and it would be it would already be up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what are your thoughts on, on one division so far? Like, I know we've all been enjoyed it very much conceptually. It's, it's really cool. Like it's really unlike anything I've seen before. Like it's a show within a show. And, um, and obviously it, it, it's just an extension of the cinematic universe, but um, you know, in addition to that, the, the acting chops on Elizabeth Olsen and Paul bet, how do you say his last name? Bettany. Um, Bettany. That's it's, it's been fantastic so far. Paul Goldschmidt, that's what it is. That's it. Who is that fucking handle? (laughs) Never know. We'll never know. Paul Bettany. I respect the game, though. I do. Uh, I have a feeling that it's just going to be Ian on my deathbed being like, it was me. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Funny you think you're, I'm going to outlive you. (laughs) You are. You can outlive all of us. Like I said, it's going to be you, you and Rag, and Keith Richards. Um, Just having a great old time. I, I mean, I've loved it. I think it's great. I mean, there are definitely slower parts. I think the the big thing for me too is like when they announced the show, and the more and more we learn about what like the premise was and how it's going to like look. It was probably a lot. It was very confusing for people, and I don't know why. I do this every single time, but I was like, I had doubts. I was like, that doesn't sound smart. And then now, of course, they're pulling it off, and it's like, oh, this is this is great. This is like really knocking it out of the park. I mean, I, I'm with you. I I openly said I I was not excited about WandaVision whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It looked weird to me, but the the writing is just fucking. Do you think beautiful. it's like too create? Like every scene is an Easter egg. Yes. Is it, is it too it, much? Like it might be. It might be getting a little too much. But who knows? I mean, what? And then they're just going to tie it all together. And yeah, mm-hmm. or they're not. And then you're just going to be salivating for the Doctor Strange movie or the next Spider-Man or I mean, even Loki. Loki's going to start after this. Or, or I mean, um, and then the Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah so now, like I, I brought it up before, but like, do you do you think we'd like it if as much if if it came out just automatic binge, I don't think so. I don't think I would no. like it nearly as much. It's all these, these fucking cliffhangers and they, they just get our brain working the entire week. 
of, mm-hmm. ooh, what are they going to do this time? How does this connect to this? Can you can you guys hear me? Everyone's frozen. Yeah, I yeah, hear you. Okay. Well, I think we're back. Yeah. Um, Ian, yes, I, I agree because they are slow playing the shit out of this. And I feel like after every every episode, we get a text from Umo saying, oh, next week's going to be an hour long. Yeah, it, it, is. it never oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> These last three were supposed to be fucking an hour long. Did you know yeah. Paul Bettany is married to Jennifer Conley? That lucky bastard. Good for him. Did not know that. For <laughs> coming up on 20 years, they have two kids. Holy shit. I had no idea. Me neither. And uh, fucking Aaron Rodgers engaged to Shailene Woodley. What the fuck? So Who is the girl she from was the Secret Life of American Teenager. The what? She was in The Descendants with George Clooney. Um, she was in that show on HBO with Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman. Um, uh, little Bad Little Lies or what is it? Yeah. Yep. Um, Roger. So then if we have the massive... Oh, the chick from the fucking... Uh, that trilogy... Yes. Divergent? Yes. Divergent. Yeah. There you go. That's random. Yeah, very random. I've always been weirdly, really attracted to her, though. She's very pretty. I don't know. And he's going to host Jeopardy next week. Uh, yeah. Maybe next Is he? Week. Yeah, he's the next um, guest host. How did uh, how did that champion do? Uh, Ken was really good. Um, the it? guy that they have now who was their executive producer beforehand, he's not as much of a fan personally, but I loved Ken. Good. Nobody can replace Alec. But no. Definitely not. Um, and obviously massive spoiler alert regarding WandaVision, but then we got quite a quick cliffhanger at the end of um, last week's episode. Of course we did. Yeah, I mean, back to Ian's question, I, I, I think there is some merit to that. I do think that the way that they're releasing them makes me like it more. And I think if it was a straight watching all nine, I'd be because it yeah it de-emphasizes the cliffhangers after every episode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so you would just be like, oh, all right, well, oh. on to the next one. Well, okay, here's Agatha. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we feel the same way about the Mandalorian though? I feel like they weren't cliffhanging. Yeah. Like every episode kind of stood on its own. Yeah, that's a, that's true. That's a good point. All right, never mind. Um, but yeah, and, and that was something that Ian also brought up on one of our million group chats. It's like, like because he compared it to Daredevil, and again, why friend of the program the Rag doesn't watch Daredevil is honestly the biggest mystery of my life. Um, It'll never be solved. But it's. You know, we, we compare like it to Daredevil. Rag. Ian says he likes Daredevil more, and I, I, I agree just because it stands on its own. Like, where this just feels like it's just, you know, in connectivity with the rest of the MCU, and not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, there is just a larger part of the system that's included with this. Yes. I, th- I think, like, the possibilities for WandaVision is what keeps us going. And I think mm-hmm. it can be better than Daredevil. But as of right now, just based off season to season, I'm, I'm going Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. And just off the fight scenes alone, like it, oh, it was, 
it was violent. Like, and again, like the, I think one division's so creative. It, it's really un, un, unlike anything we've seen before. Um, and that part I, I really, really like about it. And I mean, just the, the wittiness of the writing and, and, you know, the, the such little subtle details, like bringing up like kick-ass. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hysterical. <laughs> And even like just the Wanda when they say at the beginning when she says WandaVision, it started off serious yeah. fuck and then each each week it just gets more monotone and slower. Mm-hmm. It's like every little thing about that show is it's <laughs> perfectly crafted. They're torn with us and they know it. They really are. Yeah. We're falling hook, hook, line, and sinker yet again. That's kind of like, and, the, and to to a broader extent, uh, that's, and I agree with Uma who brought this up too. Like I'm, if, if and spoilers again to anyone who hasn't watched, but if like Pietro is literally just like nothing, like if he just turned out to be nothing and it was just all Agatha and just, um, you know, it's not part of the storyline at all or whatever, I'm going to be pretty upset that they did that to me. <laughs> Yeah, and be like, what that the? Was, f- that was a fucking cock tease. Yeah, that's a huge cock tease. And be like, all these rumors of uh, the X Men and um, mutants being included in the MCU after Marvel finally bought those rights and bought Fox, and then you have that little tease, just just a little tip, and then nope, actually, just kidding. It's just a mirage. I'd be pretty pissed if that happened. So in a way, they are really fucking teeing with us. And if they if that's become just the biggest tease and, and toy, I'm gonna be be a little upset, a little butt hurt, you little angry kittens. Oh, wham! <laughs> bring out the claws, <laughs> like Oliver and Company. So is tomorrow night's episode an hour long, like Umo said. I have no idea. I think tomorrow night is though the penultimate episode of the season. Really? I think, okay. I think, How many episodes? Are there two? I think there's only yeah. So tomorrow and and next Good. week is the final episode. Yeah. So okay. it'd be nice if tomorrow was an hour long. If at the very least we should learn a shit ton. So I and I, am, I I am obviously a novice compared to you guys. Can you kind of give me the origin of of Agatha and who she is and you know. How does this all connect? Um, so in the comic, so that's the thing. In the, in the comics, she, obviously last week's episode portrayed her as the villain, right? Um, in the comics, Agatha is is a witch, and I actually think she even dates back to like the Salem witch trials, or like you know she was one of the Salem witch trial witches that survived and like okay. hid. And lived through all the time, and then finally revealed herself uh, to uh, Wanda Maximoff, a Scarlet Witch, um, and taught her, and kind of took her under her wing. It was her mentor in terms yeah, she of she wasn't essentially a villain. Right? No, like, she was always kind of. I think I'm pretty sure in the comic she's like a secondary character. She's like in the background all the time. Like she is, you know, takes Scarlet Witch under her tutelage and teaches her about magic and helps her with her powers. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think she ever really becomes. Um, I even think at some point she like nannies the kids or her, her envisions kids. Um, so I I don't think she's ever like a true villain. Um, 
in this in the sense that they're at least portraying her as so far in this series. Um, and obviously, you know, two episodes left that could change. But so I'm interested to see how they or where they where they take it and 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 um, use her as if is she actually be a villain or is there a secondary you know motive behind what she's doing? But that's that's essentially her background. She is in the comics. She is the Scarlet Witch's Wanda's mentor. And are are her kids are Wanda's kids real and real? In, yeah, well, her know? and Vision have kids um, in the comic, and they have powers. I think I don't know if the names that they used are the, their actual names. Probably. Yeah, but yeah, they do have twins though. Got it. So that's that part is that part checks out. Okay. Now that's the other thing too is like, are the kids real and where are they? Because we didn't really see them last episode. And did Agatha nope. eat them or what's happening here? Fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun, guys. How are we doing on on time, Bob? Hour 40. Perfect. Yeah. Really? That's Good solid. Feeling. Only 11 o'clock. Might be able to squeak in a Mrs. Maisel before bed. There you go. Ooh. So good. Dude, so. HPJ? Nah. HPJ? Harry Potter Jones. Oh, 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 oh. I was like, oh, I get hand pants job. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was like, there's a hand, there's a hand job joke somewhere there, and I can't pull it out. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't know, you can't afford it. Yep. <laughs> um, no, tomorrow night though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in. Cool. All right, yeah. So this has been fun. Uh, I guess Porter decided not to join us, so it was just a threesome this uh, evening. Uh, at Tom underscore Natalie for Tommaso. On Twitter, at Ian underscore Foster 21. For Iggy, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Give me a follow. Give us all a follow for all your DC sports commentary um, and other commentary as such, and maybe some more non-spoiling WandaVision commentary if that is tickles your fancy. Uh, you can also follow put me and Coach Podcast on social media, at PMIC Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you uh, subscribe to your uh, platform of choice. Uh, pick your poison. You can find us there also on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google play and SoundCloud for the boys. I am Bobby for PMIC. Thanks for tuning in everybody. We'll catch you next week. We're going to do a uh, mock, not mock, but uh, kind of uh, podcast draft of the NBA all-stars and Bradley Beal being a first time NBA all-star starter. So you're not going to want to miss that. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys, I'm going.